This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Wednesday the 11th of August 2021. And Norman, we're going to talk about some heavy stuff today. So let us start with a proverb for the times in which we are living, written by one of our listeners. As you struggle on through life, Norman, whatever be your goal, keep your eye upon the donut and not upon the hole. Such wisdom, I will let it guide me from this moment on. I would like to keep my eye upon a donut right now, but before I do that, let's do a podcast. Norman, we had a really pithy question from Mark, which kind of sums up the way a lot of people, the the sorts of questions a lot of people are asking themselves at the moment. Mark says uh, that New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian keeps responding to questions about restricting movement by insisting that Delta is so different from other strains that a different approach is necessary. And he wants to know what science backs it up. As far as Mark is aware... Well-established approaches like wearing masks, social distancing still works, stronger limits on movement should also work just as well with Delta. They must, they surely they should be at least as important with Delta as they have been with previous strains. Oh, thanks for your question, Mark. Um, I've been talking to several epidemiologists who know more about this stuff than I do, and I can't find an epidemiologist who agrees with that approach. Delta is more infectious, and therefore, and the only thing that works with uh, this virus until, until, of course, we've had vaccination, the only thing that works is social distancing. We showed that, we talked about it a lot last year on CoronaCast when we started off. There was clear modelling and it's still the case. In fact, if anything, you've got to be much tougher about your social distancing and your lockdown because it is so much more contagious. Therefore, it doesn't necessarily make epidemiological sense to say we're not going to go to full lockdown because it's different. It is different. It's more contagious than you would go further. And I'm, I'm just going to quote uh, Professor Brendan Crabb, who directs the Burnett Institute, who've been doing modelling on this. Um, they've got several experts in pandemics and pandemic modelling. What he was talking about yesterday on News Breakfast, for example, was um, you would have a five-kilometre rule for everybody. You would have masks outdoors. You would have much stricter rules around retail and essential work, a ring of steel around Sydney and the most worrying areas so that you don't get it into regional New South Wales as we're seeing at the moment. And maybe even the shock of a curfew for a couple of weeks to bed it down. I mean, that's what um, Brendan Crabb is talking about. So it's more, not less and changing what you do. And the chief medical officer, Paul Kelly, the other day was talking about a circuit breaker. We don't know what he was talking about, but a circuit breaker, you know, he's an epidemiologist. He knows this. We're talking about science here, not opinion. Is A circuit breaker would be a greater degree of lockdown. The prime minister has said that lockdown is the way to go. This virus is a version of the previous coronavirus, more contagious. It's hard to see why you wouldn't go to a more severe lockdown that's at least greater Sydney-wide with stronger controls on travel to the regions. It's always a little bit fraught trying to compare Sydney and Melbourne, but in Melbourne's second wave last year, they basically started on about the same day as the Sydney one has this year. And at the similar at the similar kind of stage to where Sydney is, the Melbourne case numbers were peaking. And they did do that sort of really, really tough circuit breaker lockdown in Melbourne, which is what started to turn the tide there. It still took a really long time to get back down under control. Sydney... Probably people in Sydney, I'm guessing, are feeling like they're already doing a lot to help control the virus. It must be tough to be told that you have to do even more. Yes, but what Brendan Crabb's saying is that the modelling would suggest that if you don't do more, 
with the rate of vaccination and what we know about protection from vaccination, it could be Christmas before you come out of this or even January. Whereas with um, a, a much more severe lockdown, really quite extreme social distancing, to the extent that they, they had in Victoria, Melbourne-wide, then you would get there in four to six weeks. You would get down to more manageable levels. I mean, it's clear if you look at the contact tracing, the contact tracing is not on top of this at the moment. And I keep on saying this, this is not blaming the contact tracers who are working their hearts out. But if you look at the exposure sites and when they're being listed, they're now several days old, you know, with, with some exceptions. And that means you've had probably hundreds of people, if 50% thereabouts, which is what some estimates are, of the t daily case numbers are people who are circulating in the community. That means hundreds of people circulating in the community um, who are spreading the virus. Now, it's true that in Victoria, they had thousands of people circulating in the community, mystery cases, because they were totally out of control with contact tracing. So in Victoria, they got up with lockdown and getting their contact tracing in order. And that's how they kept a lid on it. In New South Wales, they've got good contact tracing. They've got good testing rates but they do not have the extent of social distancing that they had in Victoria. Now, what the additional thing that we do have is vaccination, but vaccination is not moving necessarily at a pace that you're going to see a big impact quickly enough. One projection has this by August 21st that you've got 400 cases a day. Today it's 300 or so, two to 300 cases a day. Who's, who's making that projection? That's one of the, um, it's called Data Possum. I mean, it sounds weird, but I mean, there are, all, there are a group of very skilled data analysts out there who are doing unpaid work and they are proving pretty accurate. I know that some people within the system are following them rather than necessarily what their own figures are telling them. Could be wrong, but if you just project out 400 cases a day by August 21st, and if that doesn't change, then you're looking at who knows what you're looking at um, in September because anything could happen. So, I mean, vaccinations are important at an individual level and at a societal level. What what are we seeing in terms of rates? Well, it's fantastic, the rates of immunisation. We're still to see full data on LGAs and immunisation rates by LGA. Last week, there was a disparity where uh, the places that you wanted to get high immunisation rates were lower than in suburbs that weren't experiencing high spread. So there is an issue there about getting that out. Hopefully that's reversing. But 6 million jabs by the end of the month, most of which will be first doses, are not going to make uh, much of an impact. You've got to get 6 million people in New South Wales with two doses before you probably start to see a big impact. And that impact may not be on total numbers each day. It may be, in fact, on hospitalisations. Right, so vaccination is part of the way out, but we can't be relying on it solely. It's going to take too long. This could really spin to very, very large numbers very quickly. Um, we are on a knife edge. And if it does, then a lot of people will die and a lot of people will end up in hospital. Vaccination will pull us back from that. There's no question about that. The extent to which it does is an open question at the moment. But 70% of the adult population is not going to get there. That's just a little over half the total population. And as we've said on Coronacast before, not only does this virus not recognise main roads between LGAs, it doesn't recognise age groups. So just because you're under 16 doesn't mean the virus won't find you. You mentioned before the disparity in vaccination rates between the places where you know people are getting vaccines and the places where the virus is spreading most rapidly. 
And we know that those LGAs are often places where people are experiencing a lot of disadvantage and there's lots of reasons why it's very hard for them to stay home because they are putting their families' livelihoods at risk if they can't go out and earn a a living. Does the New South Wales government need to be more to giving people payments that are going to allow them to stay at home? Well, it's clearly a problem. And the, uh, the yesterday there was an anonymous uh, op-ed piece in the Sydney Morning Herald from a respiratory physician in Western Sydney talking about how people were refusing tests in, emergen- in the emergency department because of the potential impact on their family. And I think it's true that Victoria last year, when they realised that they had to stop blaming people in the northwestern corridor, the equivalent of the southwest corridor in Sydney, and they had to stop blaming them and actually go out to them and reach out to them. They had payments for if you had to wait and lose work um, by while you're waiting for your test result, if you were isolated, they had payments. Now, there is a disaster payment available, but it's not as comprehensive and probably not as easy to get as the payments were in Victoria last year. So they've really got to modulate this and, and get into those communities and find out what the resistance is and work on that. And it's not clear that they're doing that. And so within all this, of course, what we're chasing is high vaccination rates. And there's some really encouraging data that's come out of the UK that shows just how powerful vaccination is. Yeah, and it's swinging. this is all swinging around a lot, but let, let's just have some good news here. This is called the REACT study, and they've been following all sorts of aspects of the, of the virus and its spread. And one of their latest reports has found that infections were three times lower in people who were f- fully vaccinated compared to unvaccinated people, and that people who were vaccin- fully vaccinated less likely to pass the virus on to others. So this is real world rather than theoretical research. And this is about having a lower viral load on average and therefore shedding less virus. And this is almost certainly Delta because it's test data from 100,000 people in England between the 24th of June and the 12th of July. So it's going to be mostly Delta, which is really good news. And also just want to, Tegan, just before we go, I just want a quick caveat here on a story we had the other day which was research from the Zoe study in Britain, both another English study, which suggested that long COVID symptoms were very low in children. And there's been a bit of criticism of that study because it's self-reported study. It's biased towards richer people, richer families, whiter families, and those are families where the risk factors for long COVID are probably lower than in disadvantaged communities. So there are various academics and researchers in Britain saying just uh, hold on a second that may not be as rosy as we thought for children. And then another person also wrote in about that saying that even if the numbers are as low as that, if a large number of children are exposed to COVID, then that ends up translating to really large numbers of absolute numbers, uh, even if the relative risk is low. That's right. So you've got incidence, which is the, the, the rate at which people get it, and then there's prevalence. And prevalence grows day by day as each new child is added, even though the incidence is small. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's Coronacast, but we'll be back tomorrow. If you've got a question or a comment, go to abc.net.au slash coronacast. Keep your poems coming. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) See you then.